Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life podcast. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman. And as you can probably see, and if you're just listening to this, you're just hearing two voices today. That would be Justin and myself. No guests today. <laughs> yeah, exciting. And actually, our last one of these was our most successful ever uh, because we were talking about AI tools. So <laughs> people thought that was a hot topic. And I can't guarantee that we'll get as many numbers <laughs> as this on this one, but... We're here to chat uh, about some of the issues to go with the strike. A little strike update. We had Eli Edison on recently uh, talking about it. And now, so now it's just the two of us. And then I went to a cool conference recently related to games. And I'm going to the Austin Television, ATX Television Festival next week. So lots of cool stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, as we were talking before the show, that uh, a couple of contests uh, have their final deadlines coming up. Uh, several of them are and then very near future, and I think Austin, uh, we're recording this on May 25th, so Austin's final, final deadline is the 31st. They extended it. I don't know how many days, but they made, they put out this big announcement saying, yeah, we're pushing it back a couple more days, probably, I don't know, to give people time to over Memorial Day weekend so they can you know, do that last polish and then send it in. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, and so we were talking a little bit about that before and let's just transition through that or do you want to talk about what you've been listening or watching or reading lately yeah we can do that real quick i've, yeah. I've got two uh i watched uh the nicholas cage film pig because huh? i uh, kept hearing about it it was good you know it was uh i gave it three out of five stars it was a little slow and there's also a lot of uh, it breaks a lot of like screenwriting rules like about especially about like establishing backstory they just present a lot of information and some things go unmentioned so you just kind of have to draw your own conclusions about it uh, it ended totally different than I expected it to. And, you know, I'm glad I finally saw it. Uh, and then a couple of days later, I watched, uh, went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I enjoyed I it. It was, I think they did a good job with, uh, I don't know what, closing that uh, story trilogy. Probably it was like, what, two and a half hours long, something like that. It probably could have been maybe like 15, 20 minutes shorter, but eh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. We saw that one also and liked it. And we also watched Ant-Man and Quantumania. And I will not oh. comment on that at all. <laughs> it, I, um, I saw that in the theaters i think okay. i was like myself and three other people this was like yeah. on a tuesday afternoon like i yeah i could say why well, i was you yeah. know because i've seen so many people who have, who have finally watched it because it's on streaming now is that where you yeah. watched it yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah so yeah people were commenting like you know i gave this a pass in the theaters and boy was i wrong then <laughs> right so i would say that if you like shark boy and lava girl or is it vice versa? Yeah. No, no, that's right. That's right. Then you'll probably like that one. And I think it's along the same like vibe. Like we were half the way through. We were kind of like, what? It's just not hitting us. And we were looking at the Rotten Tomatoes and it's pretty high score actually for audience score. And then we realized, oh, I mean, for a family film, it's it's right up there mm. with Shark Boy and Lava Girl. But for like two adults in their 40s, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know. You uh, have to be a really diehard Marvel fan to like think this is a really good movie. I mean, <laughs> I I like a lot of their, the Marvel movies, but this one was just kind of, it just seemed unnecessary, and I've and I'm not too uh, impressed with Kang as an overall baddie for the Marvel you know, for the next wave of uh, bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it sounds like he might be out anyway. Based oh, yeah, that's a his, whole other so. story with Jonathan Majors and all of his uh, personal problems. But we're we're not right. here to talk about that today. Well, I watched oh. uh, the Black String, which is directed. Uh, so what happened is I got on the phone with somebody through the veterans group that I'm part of, Veterans mm -hmm. of Military Entertainment, and he was awesome, uh, Brian Hansen, and he gave me advice on directing films and stuff like that. So cool stuff. And then I watched his movie and I was like, oh, wow, he, he knows what he's doing. He's a good director. Uh, I think people who don't like kind of dark and what the heck's going on kind of movies will be confused, but I thought it was really well done. And I was like, I, I'm like, I aspire to uh, be a director at the level that he is. So 
and it's more fun watching a movie right after you talk to the director too <laughs> what's it what's it about uh it's so it's the, the actor frankie muniz you know from uh, malcolm in the middle oh wow okay way. and it's it's about he has sex with a woman and then gets like a weird thing going on and then he starts is it is he going crazy is he not who knows but it starts believing that it has to do with witchcraft and that this is part of some kind of witchcraft magic passing on thing so it had it made me start thinking about it follows at one point you know okay. where like you you know but um but then it, it leads more into the idea of is he just mentally unstable or was it actually witchcraft and it uh yeah i won't spoil it for you so i thought he'd retired from acting i guess not well this was made back in it came out in 2018 debuted at the oh. austin film festival oh wow Hey-o. okay transition <laughs> there is that mention of that thing again yeah yeah interesting we, so we really need to get like some kind of a, a residual just for like for mentioning it you know? <laughs> we would not be have to work doing the day job anymore if that were exactly. the exactly um while we're on the note yeah so so yeah austin film festival we were talking about contests you can enter and um and whether some of them are okay with the strike we mentioned i think already that the austin film festival did a whole check on that where they then sent an email to everybody saying hey we verified with abga we're safe you can submit to us um, lots of others are similar, uh, yeah. but there are like emails I keep getting where it's like, Hey, submit to us and get read by these, uh, TV, sh- TV studios or these movie studios and, or, or other ones like that. And like, obviously those ones are the ones that we're not supposed to be submitting right. to if we can. Yeah. I, yeah I've, I've noticed a lot of the emails from like the bigger contests. They all now have like a, almost a disclaimer about yeah. here's our position. We're working with the WGA. And if, you know, and if your script does well, we're going to hold off on sending it until after the strike is over. And, and it's, I think it's very impressive that a lot of them have really taken the initiative on that and made sure that the writers feel secure that, oh, I can still enter this contest and not worry about screwing up my chances of eventually joining the WGA. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the worry. Right. And, oh yeah. 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 And then they, the, um, somebody, I was talking about some other, there's been a lot of these notices of who, what you can and can't do. And now officially like on the John August script notes, John August and Craig Mason podcast, they're saying, please do not. And probably somebody else, the guidance from my above, please do not go out there and shoot your own feature film and stuff like that, which I thought was kind of surprising. Cause I was like, Oh, cause you hear about some of the big dogs who shot short films during the last shutdown. And so mm-hmm. of course, you know, if you're like not writing, then you'd think, Oh, I'll go make some short films. But uh, now they're even asking not to do that stuff. So it's very, uh, don't do anything that might, you know, support the system. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I, I had not heard that one. I mean, because you know, I know that the last time when we had Eli on that you had already done like one picket line. I think you said you'd done one since then as well. Yep. Yep. So recently last week I went over to, so last time I did Universal, this time I did Warner Brothers and it was fun. Uh, I got out there. I wasn't there for too long and uh, and that's cool. So for other people like us who are pre WGA or just mm-hmm. want to support in some other way, they don't care if you show up for half an hour, three hours, you know, it's up to you. You're there to support them. So that's cool. So I went over there. I had a lunch in the area and I was like, Oh, I'll go over an hour and a half beforehand and walk around. And I got my exercise, got all sweaty. <laughs> I, um, I, I was like walking along and I saw somebody with a baby. And then on, on the way back, I realized it was my buddy that I'd had coffee with like uh, six months before. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I hadn't seen him since the baby was born. So that was cool. And then I also uh, kept walking. I was like about to leave. And then I saw some people who were just being friendly and started chatting with them. And they were both working writers, one of them on The Witcher, one on a bunch of other shows and much mm. more experienced and uh, really cool. So I just chatted with them for a while and had a good chance, you know, and so our goal isn't there to network per se, but it is cool that you get to meet these people and you don't want to be like, hey, give me your info so we can make sure to connect later or something because that might feel a little sleazy. 
But, you know, when you see them again six months later at the Austin Film Festival or you see them in a room when you're being interviewed or something like that, it's going to be cool because they're like, I recognize you from the line. I, you were there to support us. You did that one thing, right? And you're, you know, you're setting <laughs> up these relationships that uh, shouldn't be your primary goal for supporting the strike, but is a nice added uh, icing on the cake. Yeah, I was going to say it's a nice bonus from uh, like, you know, supporting the people in the the WGA, but also kind of like reminding them, hey, I, I, I'm on your side and you know, hopefully I'll be in the same position you are in a, you know, relatively soon. Yeah. And that's our goal, right? It's like, we want to be yeah. uh, writers someday. So they're fighting for the same things that'll help us to be writers. And some of these, like, you know, the rates and whatnot that they're talking about, like, I, I, so the last time I had coffee with a working writer, I was, or maybe not the last time, but a time that stuck in my head, she was saying that you, you make somewhere like 80 or 90,000 a year. Plus you get like 40, thousand per episode that you write so if you write two episodes you're doing okay plus residuals but then it's like that's not actually the case for a lot of the starting off people it's more like you're making 70 to 80 and then you're not allowed to get paid for the episodes you write which is bs and etc cetera, etc cetera. so i'm like wow if i had actually made it as a tv writer in the last year or two i might not have been able to accept it because of my family situation and being able to pay bills and stuff mm -hmm. so that's insane so <laughs> i'm well, definitely hoping they win Exactly. I, I don't know if I've said it because I've talked about it in a couple of places that uh, I don't know if I mentioned it when we were talking to Eli, but like the general public, they hear a lot of the writers are on strike and they're all thinking, oh, these are all, all these millionaires. You know, you know what, why do they think they need more money? Like and they all imagine like all the writers are have like Scrooge McDuck uh, you know, vaults of money that they right. go swimming in type of thing. Uh, and you know, I was talking with another writer the other day that I mean, when it all started, I read these articles, like there was a guy who was a writer on The Bear uh, from FX and that he had a negative bank balance. He couldn't afford heat for his apartment yeah. in New York. He was like the, the show won a writing award. So he got to go to the ceremony, but he had to like borrow somebody's bow tie just for, for his uh, for his suit because he didn't even have a tie. And so right. it just and, and that's not an uncommon thing, you know, like people work in uh, non writing jobs just so they can, you know, afford to live and. If, yeah. Again, your full support of the, the why they're striking. You know, they they they're the ones who create all this material, and yeah. and then like oh go oh, oh we can't afford to pay you oh but look we'll give the CEO another two hundred million dollar bonus. Yeah, and like listeners from you know the middle of nowhere might be like oh seventy or eighty that's still a lot of money, but no because L A takes California state tax, self employment mm -hmm. tax. You're now down like 20 something percent already. Then you have your managers or agents, maybe, which is another 10 or 20 percent. And then you have all these other things. And then on top of that, just cost of living in LA. Yeah. So like, yeah. You're now surviving off of the equivalent of like 20,000 a, a year everywhere else. So mm -hmm. <laughs> not everywhere else, not New York, well, not but you know what I mean. That's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> so that's but yeah, but so I, hope so hopefully, you know, because people I've had people say, like, how long do you think the strike might go on? They're like, I have really no idea. I mean, I love the idea that it ends in the next couple of weeks, but like the last yeah. one, like what, a uh, couple of like what, 15 years ago, that went for like a hundred days. So that's like three and a half months. Yeah. I think they said the longest one was like, I'm not sure if it was 153 or 183 days. That's like six months. That's, insane. that's a long time. Yeah. I was just going to add that for like a uh, comparison. I, when I was at Telltale Games, I was, you know, writing on Game of Thrones, writing on The Walking Dead, writing on these big titles. And it seems like, oh, I've made it. But they were only paying me 55000 a year. So mm. I took like a more than 50% pay cut to take that job. And then uh, and then uh, a buddy I knew was making even less than that. And he had more experience wow. than I did. So I was like, how are you surviving in San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> 
on 50. The only reason I was able to do that was because my wife was working a full-time job at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to have some kind of support in place. And that's why people are talking about how this is negatively affecting uh, minorities, especially, and not just minorities, but you know, anybody from a not wealthy background with no family to support them, but uh, especially apparently this affects minorities more than uh, what's the word you know, more than other people um and so like in a way this is hurting that all those diversity and inclusion initiatives that we've been trying to push because mm-hmm. now suddenly some of them might end up having to go home some people might have to say forget this i, I can't survive in this weird environment um yeah so really crazy and it depends who you talk to too like what do you think are the writers gonna win paul tell me right now uh well you <laughs> know win? i like to think they're going to because because uh you know the writers guild they already have i've seen articles about this the writers guild already has the public support um, almost like three out of four people support the guild and why they're striking and the uh sag aftra you know you see them walking the picket lines too and now and now the directors guild uh they're, they got some kind of negotiation coming up and they're they're yeah. behind the writers guild and you saw the thing from a few days ago that uh well, now called just Max, they yeah. were like listing uh, information about all the projects that were available to watch via streaming that they changed it. So it didn't say like written by, directed by, it just said creators. Yeah. And so it just nice. listed like, I think it was, it might've been like for Raging Bull. And it said, you know, like, yeah. you know, creators, uh, Martin Scorsese and Thelma Schoonmaker and just like all the people involved, but just just lumping them together. And, oh my God, the DGA raised hell about that. <laughs> and, and I think, Rightly so. uh, yeah. And so then they they issued this really fast press release. Oh yeah, well, actually it was just a mistake. We're going back to you know, the proper credits. Sorry guys. Yeah, exactly. Oops, <laughs> our bad. <laughs> those uh, those jerks. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's um, it's a lot of craziness. We're hoping that it all resolves in our in 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 our favorite, the writer's favorite, because exactly. what the heck would be the scenario where it doesn't? I can't even imagine. Oh man, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in other news, uh, unless you have anything to add, nope. But, I think yeah, we've covered so, as much about the strike as we're going to. So we have writer. We're you know we're a writers podcast, not just screenwriters. So for game writers and everybody out there, novelists, um, we we can talk about all that jazz. Uh, I just got back from Games Beat, which is a two-day conference in Los Angeles over by Venice Beach in Marina del Rey, and it was uh, pretty awesome. So for people who I'm going to ruin it for next year, unfortunately, by saying this, give away my secret, but I was like the only writer there, kind of, uh, and everybody else was like CEOs, co-founders. You know, there were a few like business-to-business people who were like trying to sell stuff to gamers and CEOs and whatnot, but overall, it was like everybody you meet was was in that in that zone and i i had the pleasure of going to a panel by uh my old boss kind of uh dimitri and dan of dj2 who produced sonic and are now story kitchen with Derek holstad who created uh john wick and uh an agent who got one of my properties optioned uh, mike goldberg so they've started this and it's awesome uh and so i was able to see dimitri on a panel and meet him in person finally because we'd only chatted via zoom before but there was all these great panels with all these top dogs, including a uh, fireside chat with Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead and oh, Invincible. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, and I'm sure I have lots of takeaways that we could talk about on that, maybe even a whole uh, discussion at some point about uh, one point in particular that I enjoyed. Uh, but my point is, uh, I think writers can gain by these kind of things because, you know, getting to meet CEOs, getting to meet these kind of people, that's not something we do on a normal basis. A lot of these conferences were either meeting other writers like at GDC or a lot, of, I mean, a lot of other writers and a lot of people who are in college and wish they were writers, aspiring writers, you know. Um, so so for me, I was I, I was loving it, but I also aspired to be more of a, 
uh, studio head slash CEO slash co-founder someday. So, so in that sense, it was also like, I was there to learn how their mindsets are and what I could do and maybe, maybe meet the people that I would partner with someday. So, so the question is, so what kind of topics were they discussing? Because if you were the only writer, so it wasn't, I guess, not about the writing, was it more about the business aspect of gaming? Uh, it was a little bit about both really, because creators, okay. the founders and the CEO still need to know this stuff. Like, so a lot of it was, how do you uh, stay true to the IP if you're adapting an IP, if you're taking IP from a movie or something and making a game out of it, or in Dimitri's case, taking IP from a video game and making a movie out of it. Mm. Uh, and there was there was um, Baobab Studios. Uh, there was a, a lady who founded that who came from Zynga. And uh, she's pretty interesting because her strategy was get into VR where you can compete because not a lot of people are doing like film style stuff in there. And then you leverage that. So then she leveraged that to get a deal with Disney to make a TV show and to get a book deal as well. And so if you can get in there and get Emmys for these things, uh, because, you know, and they're, they are great quality and they're cool, but mostly it's probably, I'll just, you know, asterisk say that it's because it's in this new media that other people aren't playing around with yet. So you can easily more easily, uh, and I hope this isn't offensive by saying so, but, you know, get Emmys and get awards and then get recognition and notice. And I think that was part of her strategy going into it. So she was there talking about all this and there's the Jam City people. And so a lot of it is the future of games. I'd say that's probably a big part of it. Okay. And that covered areas as well as AI and Web3 and all these topics that are hot in all writers' minds. Okay. You know, actually, because while you were talking, it reminded me like, because what else did we want to discuss today? And we also briefly touched on it earlier was about contests. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of contests, their final deadlines are coming up, uh, some of the emerging screenwriting contests and also Austin. And I found because I sent my script in, I tried to make the early bird deadline for a couple of them. And but I've since worked on the script some more. So now I think the script is better than it was before. And so like two contests, they offer you the chance to send in a new uh, new draft at no charge, mm -hmm. which is great. But other scripts, uh, other contests like, like the Nickel and Austin, they're like, nope, you know, once you send it in, that's that. And so then a friend suggested, well, why don't you send it in to at least to, you can probably send it to Austin just, you know, with a different email. <laughs> and so yeah, if you're, if you're willing to, you know, fork over the extra cash because it's the last uh, fee, the last deadline that, you know, that way you'll get two sets of notebacks, two sets of notes back. So one will be on your first draft and the second one will be on your second draft. And you'll know which one is which because of which email it went to. So I'm weighing that option because some of these deadlines are looming very, very close. And I keep like, oh, do I want to do that? Do I want to shell out the, you know, X amount of dollars to do that? Because I don't, I don't pay for the notes because that's almost like two or three times the actual registration fee. So- yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of going back and forth on it. I hadn't, uh, and I've never been in that position where I've been able, like, oh, I want to send in a new draft. And but so, like I said, two of these contests they give you that opportunity, but the rest don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Now, I I remember I used to get notes. Austin used to be for free. Are they not doing that anymore? Uh, I think Austin still sends notes. Oh, but if you pay for second scripts, then you're. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so right, right. I remember loving those and using them a lot in my early revisions and. Uh, I might have even done like one of the cheaper contests that doesn't exist anymore that give like multiple rounds of notes. So I imagine mm. like ones we've oh. had on the podcast uh, would be very valuable. Um, but, you know, we've been writing long enough to be uh, experts in our field now. So <laughs> <laughs> and, I th and I think with uh, the nickel, I think maybe it's like right after Memorial Day is that you can start because they they have their actual, you know, registration fee. But then if you want notes, you have to pay. It's like 40 bucks, but you get the notes because I guess every script is guaranteed two reads. And whether or not it advances. So I think it's like 40 bucks and then you get the notes back. And I think that starts 
either Memorial Day or like maybe June 1st. So yeah. that's something uh, I may look into. Awesome. Cool. Uh, there we go. Uh, anything else we wanted to cover today? I think that was it because we talked about the strike. We talked about the conference. Oh, you said you're going to oh, uh, ATX. ATX. Yeah. So I guess by the time you upload this, I will probably <laughs> have already gone or be at ATX. Depending on if I remember to upload it like next week, and I could probably do it in advance. Um, or this other one we're trying to upload isn't working. So we might have to push that back a, a little bit and then upload this one sooner either way. So ATX is the last week of May slash first week of June, right in that window. And it's a mm -hmm. television festival and it looks cool. Cheers is having their 30 year reunion. Wow. Sit down. Yeah. A lot of showrunners are going to be there. Uh, according to what I've seen on the panelists, showrunners, uh, co-executive producers, all these people, a lot of the actors, of course, too. So I imagine there will be a lot of people attending just to be fan girls and boys of these uh, famous people, but uh, I'm not sure how that'll play out. It's my first year there, so I'm sure we'll have to do a recap episode uh, once yeah. I get back. Uh, I was I was going to ask you. So is it you know, almost? I almost said so. Is it more about the the writers behind the shows, or is it just about like the writers and the talent? Right. It seems to be the latter. Um, okay. So am, yeah. So I don't think it'll be as screenwriter focused as uh, the Austin Film Festival, just because you have that extra layer in there. Sure. So I'm kind of worried it'll be a little overwhelming. <laughs> hmm. uh, you know, too many people at the Driscoll. And then you'll be meeting people who are just random, you know, fans. Because uh, what I always love about Austin Film Festival is that everybody you talk to when you walk into the Driscoll is a screenwriter. Yeah, right. Screenwriter, screenwriter, screenwriter. And they're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and that makes it more fun because you don't have to worry about, oh, why should I, you know, if I go up and talk to them and it's like, yeah. Uh, as for our introvert side selves, you know, people like me. Uh, that's what you start thinking about. Like, ah, uh, just better just go get a taco instead. I was going to no. say, writers are, <laughs> writers are insecure enough as it is. You don't need yeah. the added thing of like, who yeah. are you? Why should I talk to you? Well, the reason I'm going is my buddy who I met at Austin. Um, he told me this is the place where the showrunners go. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So we'll see. And not that it'll result in anything immediately, but who knows? You Down never know. Road. You never yeah. know. Like we said before, it's like with the strike thing, it's like, now you your screenplay shows up on their desk and they're like, I recognize that name. Or you're you sit down in the room opposite them to have that conversation. They're like, I know you. We had a beer. We shared an old fashioned, which everybody seems to be drinking nowadays, right? So wow, okay, <laughs> it is like if you walk through the Driscoll Bar, I feel like half the people are drinking old fashioned nowadays. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, uh, I've got my other drinks of choice, but we'll see. One or two with a martini, a couple beers. What's mm. yours? We'll, we'll uh, I'm, I actually prefer gin and tonic. Uh, okay, I'm not a gin and tonic kind of person. Something about the taste just gets me wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. And I I would like to think they have good wine and available in Texas. You know, we'll, you know, Probably. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Yeah, they have a, uh, as part of the Austin Film Festival, they have a wine tasting uh, section where you go off to some place and do wine tasting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that one have I have to, to on look that. into then. Yeah, I meant to go this year, but I think I was at some other event and then mm -hmm. it was I was just having too much fun. I was like, I can't leave this. That'd be stupid, sure. you know, because the other one, who knows? It might have ended up being a bust. I don't know, but I heard good things about it. So probably okay. not. Oh, great. I'll, I will look into it more as uh, as the time draws closer. And on that note uh, of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and the Austin Film Festival. And the Austin Film Festival and ATX. Uh, so look forward to that, ladies and gentlemen, and episode to follow on that. And uh, uh, we've been having some good chats about like Web3, novels, games, screenplays. So if you feel like you want us to cover anything else or have some guests you want us to try to get on the show, reach out, let us know. We'll We'll be here. And uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, please leave reviews. I'm Justin Sloan. You can find my books on Amazon, including, I don't shout this out regularly because we usually have guests, but the Creative Writing Career and Creative Writing Life books, which is a bunch of interviews with awesome writers uh, like we do here. Very nice. I'm Paul Zeidman. You can check out my screenwriting blog, Maximum Z at MaximumZ.blog and my Go Ahead and Ask books about 
uh, screenwriting and writing for film and television and other mediums, all three available on Amazon. I'm also on Twitter at Maximum underscore Z. Like you said, he's Justin. I'm Paul. This has been the Creative Writing Life podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something.